welcome. You've got mail. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Tech Stream, the Black Friday edition that comes out on a Tuesday. It's not Cyber Tuesday, it's not even Cyber Monday, but it's not Black Friday either. I'm so confused. Hanukkah is already half over. Christmas isn't for another month. Thanksgiving happened, came and went. And now there's a new variant that sounds like somebody from the Transformers. There's so much going on. I welcome in the CEO of the Palmer Group, Shelly Palmer. Shelly, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great holiday. It's Giving Tuesday, the day this drops, on top of everything else, right? We have Black Friday. Giving Tuesday, that's right. Giving Tuesday, 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 Small Business Saturday. Saturday. I forgot that in the open. I got to do the whole thing over now. Goodness. It's just, yeah, it just goes on and on and on. But it's a wonderful start of the season. I think everybody is anxious to be done with this. And of course, just as everybody <laughs> wants to be done with it, it's a new variant of, of coronavirus. But no, we, but, we're not going to do COVID. We're not. No, we're not. Spirit. And, no, we're not. We're not. We're not in any way. And, you know, it's interesting. The uh, the experts uh, of, of which I am not one are telling <laughs> us that viruses mutate calm yourself so i will wait to see the science before i get crazy about it yeah, but we know there's a new variant but moving we're on vaccinated this time it's not like when delta yeah. came out delta came out you know only half of us were vaccinated so. no i I'm, I'm proud to be triple vaxxed as it were and uh, i'm ready to get you know, whatever whatever i would like to just move on with my life i think we all would uh, there's no question speaking of moving on uh, we're going to talk about black friday because black friday seems to be transformative but I have a personal announcement that I want to announce that I am going to join the TechStream family. I'm purchasing my first electric vehicle. Wow. Ready. Wow. What are you ready. getting? Well, but that's part of the story. And it has to do with supply chain and worker shortage and, all, you know, everything short staff. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not going to give you the numbers, but I'll tell you just how easy this deal came about. I have over 15 months left on my lease on a Hyundai Elantra. Okay. It's my car. It's not my family car. It's my cheapy car. It's the car I drive. Mm -hmm. I love the Elantra. Actually, I've had three of them. Um, Hyundai calls me up and they said, we are in dire straits. We have no inventory. And what's your mileage? And my mileage, because of COVID, I got that car right before COVID. Mm -hmm. It's all under miles. Sure. Because we spent months not going anywhere. Right. So the guy says to me, he says, can I put you in anything? <laughs> he, says, uh, he says, if there's anything I can do, we need your car. So I said, okay. I said, I'm interested in electric vehicles. I said, I cover Formula E. I have talked about it on a number of podcasts. Uh, I believe this is the future. What I didn't want is a fully electric vehicle because I just don't feel confident in the amount of charging stations there are. Yeah. Range anxiety. That's the number so one. I said, so I, but, but I also don't like the hybrid model from like the 1980s where the car decides if it's battery or not. I want to be deciding. Okay. So I bought a Hyundai, Hyundai Ionic plug-in vehicle. Wow. So what it is, is it's, it's 40 miles an hour, 40 miles range on a battery that you can charge. You never have to turn on the engine ever if, unless you need it. But if I get a call from Shelly Palmer that there's gonna be a faculty basketball game up in Syracuse and I need to get up there, you know, to sweep, 
I flip a switch, you hear an engine, and now I'm a gas car. Wow, that's amazing. That's the future. That's the, the, the reason I'm bringing this up on TechStream is to me, that's how the merger goes from being reliant on the gas companies. Gas prices are ridiculous right now. And what I have been told, because I work locally and I don't drive a lot, you know, I, in, for long distances, a lot, I am never going to fill this car up. I yeah. am never going, I am going to charge it at my house overnight and I will not exceed 40 miles. That engine is never going on. And that's the future. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Look, that's really exciting. Um, I'm congrats. First of all, congratulations. I mean, that's that's pretty spectacular, really. Well, it's, it's spectacular. I, I will say it's not the sexiest looking car. And that's part of my issue. Part of my issue is the electric cars all look like like prototypes. <laughs> like They don't look like cars yet. But that's th that was not my number one priority. My number one priority was exactly what I told you. Yeah, yeah, that's. Well, congratulations. You know, it's interesting when you talk about gas prices. Uh, the weekend, I was routinely seeing somewhere between $350 and $450 for, for high test. There's um, places where it's 6 7 Yeah, I know. There was some price gouging this weekend, for sure, this past weekend. But, you know, in 1972, gas went from 90-some-odd cents to $2.60, I think, was the height where I lived. In like a week. From oh, what yeah. I read, it was like, like it went fast. Yeah, it was very quick. And then they were rationing. I think it, it leveled off at like $1.75 after a while and never went below that ever again in history. But it was up as high as I remember, two sixty. That adjusted for inflation today would be $17 and <laughs> change per gallon. So Very what it did to you in 1972 was the equivalent of gas being roughly $17 today. And we're nowhere near that as a percentage of, of anything, right? So while it is a very big number, you know, three fifty four dollars is a giant number on a on a how bad it hits you, it's not anywhere near as bad. And by the way, we no, but it's seventy dollars to fill an SUV. Yeah, there's no question about that. I'm not saying it's not a lot of money, Seth. It's a lot of money, certainly compared to what we've been dealing with. Also, not to put too fine a point on it, we're very spoiled in America. When you go overseas. You see prices that are two, three, four X what we pay for fuel here. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to the UK, you go to Spain, you go to Italy. Uh, you're going to see prices on a per liter basis that look like gallon prices here in the states. I mean, they're you know, so where we are, we have been very lucky with low energy costs. I think a couple things are interesting. The shale, oil shale guys are going to start being profitable again with gas at these prices, with oil at these prices per barrel. So they're going to ramp up. I mean, like a lot of things get unlocked when gas gets expensive. So we'll see. I think the price pressure coming the other way uh, down will, will show up in a little bit. Then the other question, no one knows anything about. I get so many different answers from so many different experts about inflation and what that really means. Are we in for some long ride now because there's a lot of money chasing fewer goods or is this going to level itself out mid-year? I, I, I get two answers. Every time I ask somebody, especially someone who's a financial expert, I'm going to get a point of view that is opposing from another point of view from someone who I consider just as, uh, as competent and expert. So I'm not a financial expert. I'm just a guy who wants to buy some gas and drive around. So 
I don't have any answers for on this one, but I do know it's per capita adjusted for inflation way cheaper today. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't get that. And that, this wasn't that. a response to gas prices. Yeah, I, know. I, I just think this is literally the future. I think that this I think you're right. the automotive industry is not going anywhere, but these cars need to be battery driven. And what there needs to be is every parking space has to be eventually a charging station that it, it, it literally should be that it's not hard to find. And so, that's that's where this is all going. I, I just think this is the, I jokingly use the word hybrid, but this is the transformative hybrid towards what I think the future is going to be. And when I say the future, I'm talking in the next 10 years. I don't think, I, I think cars need to be electric, just like cable is falling apart. I think the gas companies are going to have to realize that electric is the future. I, first of all, I agree with you. I'm wondering out loud, the power grid in the United States is, is a baseload power grid. That means that the grid has a minimum level of demand all of the time. Mm -hmm. And it's the way, there's no way to store electricity, alternating current. It's not like you throw it in a battery like you can with, with direct current. You, you can't. Um, so we're in a situation where you're making a really important point. We want to be able to plug in electric cars everywhere. Well, everywhere. that means raising the base load on the grid as you either uh, speed charge or trickle charge all of these cars. Mm -hmm. The grid's not built for that right now. Right. So there's an infrastructure reality. Ah, there's the magic word. I was waiting for it. Yeah, but it's true. Like we don't, we don't actually have in America a power grid that would support call it half the cars being electric right now. Mm -hmm. And not, not, and where would you manufacture that electricity? It's a really, can it be renewable? Sure. It could be. Is that going to, are we having windmills? Are we having hydroelectric? Are we having thermal? Uh, we have nuclear. We I, I, somewhere, somehow you don't want to be burning coal to charge those cars. Mm -hmm. if you have a choice, right? Cause that's sort of, doesn't make any sense, right? We're going to burn a ton of coal to, so we could all run around and clean the cars up a little bit. That's So I think there's a lot of legislation. There's a lot of, this is where government actually could do something really important. <laughs> could. No, I'm serious. I mean, like, I, I, you know, they like to fight in Washington and we like to, to joke about it because they basically get nothing done. But for you to realize your vision, and I think so many people have the same vision, I want to be able to go to any parking spot, plug my car in and not have range anxiety. And you know, the, the fast charging cars, battery technology is, is slow to advance. Storing energy is really hard. Uh, we're all waiting for what is lovingly described as star in a jar, cold fusion, where you know, we have unlimited energy. Well, of forever. course. But I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But that'll be the flying car that I've always. Yeah, it will be the one you always talk about. Right. So here we're just I, I want to just on a practical level. I, I'm always asking the question I'm in range. Anxiety is the only reason I have not bought a Tesla or or somebody else's electric car. I mean, I haven't actually gone to look at them in any serious way other than to ogle and say, boy, if I lived in the suburbs full time, I'd probably do this. If I commuted to work, you know, like an average American under a few miles every day, I would do it. But most of my driving, what we call our car, an escape vehicle. I live in the city and right. we escape on the weekends. But there's a difference. There's a difference, though, in that. Um, let's not use Tesla because there's no comparable model. <laughs> use Audi, a luxury model. Sure. Uh, uh, Audi's e-tron 
is $300 a month more than the exact same car that's a gas car. Yeah. It's, that's absurd. That's, absurd. that's too much. Now, if you told me, hey, $50 a month more on a lease, you can go from a gas car to an electric car. I'd say absolutely, $50 a month, I'm in. Because the money you'd save in gas is worth it alone. Sure. It's not $300 a month. Well, electric cars today are a lifestyle choice. A good one, I might add. And if it, it fits your lifestyle, if you can uh, drive an electric car and you can afford it, I think a lot of people are doing that because they feel it's better for the environment. But, but, but that Rightly shouldn't or wrongly. just be if you can afford it. They should be more affordable. Yeah. I mean, look, government subsidies for solar, government subsidies for renewable energy have been around a long time. There was for a long time also a subsidy for Teslas and other EVs. Uh, some of those have gone away in the past few years. I, th I know for a fact that a couple of things have to happen. One, power grid infrastructure has to be upgraded. Two, battery technology needs to get better. Better. It and always has to improve. And energy management in the car itself needs to improve because that's where you can see the most uh, gains. Making the electronics more efficient is probably easier than coming up with new battery technology. They're always, you know, look at your cell phone, the battery size in the cell phone and the battery life in the cell phone. We all want bigger, brighter screens that have more high, you know, higher resolution. We want faster processors that requires more energy. So the batteries are the batteries. They've improved slightly over the last 15 years, but nowhere near as much as the technology. No, no, no. But the iPhone improved. 13 battery is better than the iPhone six battery. Sure, absolutely. But but also the the biggest changes have come from the efficiency electronics. So we're sure. we're hoping we're hoping that, you know, this is science marches on. I'm all in and I'm so excited that you got a hybrid. I think that is a really nice sort of interim solution. You interim know, solution, right. Maybe your next car can be 100 percent electric. I'm I'm not sure I'm what my next car will be. I've got three, two, two years left on my lease, two, two years left yeah, on my lease. Yeah. I would have got an electric car this time. But again, they're not the cost doesn't it doesn't it's not worth it well it's the range you know i yeah, i the range. knock on wood I, I probably could afford it and i could probably make that lifestyle choice what i couldn't do is is drive comfortably knowing that somewhere on my way i was gonna have to stop for 20 minutes to 40 well, minutes okay. so and, and, and charge the car uh-huh if you could find a charging station and if there was a line you could be there for a couple of more than minutes than that and then like yeah that's a that's a layer of complexity to my life and my schedule that i wasn't willing to make well let me let, let me put a bow on this because i want to get to black friday but i have to tell you uh, about three years ago i did a sponsorship deal for another one of my podcasts you can download it called sports with friends uh, i made a deal with nissan nissan sponsored a month of the podcast and what they did was they lent me a leaf a nissan leaf for a that's month, cool for a month and I drove it around for a month. I had to drive to my parents' house, which is an hour south of me. Uh -huh. I come back and there's a pile up on the Garden State Parkway. And I am seeing the battery percentage just drop. I'm not going anywhere. And I see it just dissipating. And I'm panicked. I'm like, this is not going to happen. I'm going to. So I go on an app. There's so many great apps looking for charging stations. Yes. But the closest one, and I will testify in court about this. Uh -huh. The closest one was at that Hooters. <laughs> and Hooters had a charging spot. And I charged for about 45 minutes 
but I had to wait 45 minutes to get it enough so that I was comfortable to get home the hour drive home. That's not a life. You can't live like that. Again, it's a lifestyle choice and it needs to be something that you don't need to think about. I think all, I know all of the people who do this uh, right now are, are people who are very environmentally minded. We need to get it so that anyone can buy an electric vehicle. And, and I'm sure that is in the, absolutely in the plans of every one of the major car companies. Look, my friends at Ford, a tremendous, tremendous organization, the F-150, the electric F-150, mm-hmm. it may be the best truck Ford's ever made, gas or electric. They've just done Correct. an incredible job with this truck. Just a fortune. So, That's the problem. I, I understand, but it's an amazing vehicle. So yeah. you know it's possible. You know it's there. The tech is there. It's just Agreed. about it's just about getting them out there and got to get the power grid working. It's going to be a process. I, 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 and I look, everybody who wants to get involved in this should get involved in it because the more people that do it, the greater the pressure is to build the infrastructure and the lower yep. the prices will Agreed. be. And the, you know, just all the economies of scale coming to us and we'll save the planet a little bit as long as we are actually saving the planet. Cause again, you can't burn coal to charge your electric car. Correct. That does not make any sense at all. You, and, um, you want to uh, put a bow with a great Hooters joke? Sure. There's a great Hooters joke. This is a true story. This is not even like a, did you ever notice? Like th- this is a true story. Hooters bought a bunch of billboards in Seattle, Washington in the late 90s. And they purposely misspelled one letter. The, the billboard said, was suppo- well, how about this? The billboard was supposed to say, Hooters makes you happy. Uh-huh. They took one S off of it, so it became Hooters make you happy. And it was on purpose. Uh-huh. And it became a massive controversy in Seattle, Washington in the late 90s. It was they did one S and this was, you know, you had to roll on the uh, the sticker of the of the billboards like this is an electronic billboards that you can alter in one second. This is this was a controversy. They did it on purpose. Love it. Hooters make you happy. Because that is a different connotation than Hooters makes you happy. Hooters makes you happy is about a restaurant. The other one, not so much. We'll leave it there. This is a family-friendly show. <laughs> Black Friday numbers were down. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think this is a COVID thing. Uh, I was very disappointed to see the amount of thefts, the looting, the just break-ins on, on stores, both small businesses and large businesses best buys getting ransacked i mean that there's been some ugly ugly stories coming from black friday but a lot of the conversation has been there are less people uh in the stores is that a product of technology is there something else or is this inflation is this supply chain i love blaming everything on the supply chain what where do you go Wow. I think it's hard to unpack this in any way that's more than speculation. We know the numbers, uh, theoretically online, theoretically, online retail dropped from 9 billion to 8.9 billion. So that's, Again, it's definitely- Nobody's the, eating uh, oodles and noodles for dinner, six for a dollar. It, it's not a, I don't know that that's a meaningful change. It's not a good change. It's certainly not a, a you know, it's not in the right direction. 
that could be an anomaly. That could be a lot of things. In-store traffic clearly uh, is a driver and you can't say it, it's COVID related or not COVID related because the stores that I visited this weekend and I visited some stores uh, during the Black Friday, you know, the holiday weekend, they didn't have a lot of inventory. That's, uh, that's what my speculation was. And it was palpable what was missing. It was obvious what was missing. And this wasn't just the electronic stores that I visited just because I wanted to go see what was happening, you know, feet on the street kind of thing, just for my own knowledge. And it's armchair research is best because, you know, I was at the Best Buy near my house. I wasn't at every Best Buy. I walked into the Walmart by my house, not, not another Walmart. So I only, you know, had a very small sample. It's not scientific. But even the local grocery store, it really didn't have anywhere near the inventory levels it had last year when what you had to do was email the grocery store because the COVID issue was so rampant at that point. And then they would leave the groceries on the, with your name on them in a box outside and you'd pick them up. Uh, so it, it's not that you could walk in the store, but there was nothing to buy. I mean, not a lot of produce, not a lot of, and three different grocery stores that we went into this weekend looked that way. And I th look, you can blame it on supply chain. Also, what are we buying, Seth? What are we really buying? Is it something that you didn't buy two months ago? Are you getting a television this, this holiday season? Are you buying a, a, a new set of cookware? You know, that, that's a great question about, I say this to my wife all the time, like, what do you need? Do, do we need something? Well, it's not just all, gifts either. You're not going out anywhere near as much. I would hate to be in the men's clothing business right now. Right. I have not put on a sports jacket in the recent memory of Man or Beast. I, I just not even a couple of weeks ago at Syracuse. No, no. Oh, I went I up to sport jacket for every class. Wow. Yeah, I thought about it. And I was like, Palmer, yeah, no, I know uh, I, I didn't. You know, I went on. I was on campus wearing a Henley. <laughs> I just, I, that was my, and it was my best shirt that I have that fits, you know, right now. I, I, you don't I just wear don't have, a, you don't wear a sport jacket when you go on your Fox five. I've been wearing T-shirts, my dress T-shirts on, on, <laughs> on Fox five. No one's complained. Uh, no one's complained. Look, fashion has changed. Where you can go has changed. What you'll wear where you go has changed. Uh, I wanted to buy gifts for my granddaughters and I asked them what they wanted. You know, they, they wanted, they wanted iPhones. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it has to be a, a gift probably from a grandparent because they didn't need them, but their phones are fine. They just want the newer ones. Yeah, I mean, my you know, my my daughter generation's like, older. Like the button, she doesn't like the button anymore. Yeah, it's a face ID. Well, my my younger granddaughter is getting her first. Uh, we'll get her first phone. She's easy, a little young, in my opinion, for it. But her mom said it's okay. And the older granddaughter has a, a let me a two generation old iPhone. It's time, like it's time. But to be fair, these are not necessary right now. They're just. Mm -hmm. It's what grandparents can do because we're grandparents. We get away with it. <laughs> Parents won't do it. <laughs> right. 
So, the so best thing about Thanksgiving was getting. Yeah, no, no, but, but 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 my point is, as I go down the list of of things people will buy as gifts, not staples, not things you need, not you know food, the clothing you wear every day, like real life expenses. We're talking about gifts, Seth. Like what you know, it's a different story. You know, gift giving is a different thing. Uh, so I I the numbers don't lie. I'm also I'm the whole state of the supply chain has to be factoring into this. And I don't know how, and neither does anyone else I've spoken to. So at the end of the day, I don't think Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, all of the Giving Tuesday, Small Business Saturday, I don't think these are indicators of where we are. I think these are indicators of the days themselves. You know, Christmas is still a couple of days away. And uh, you know, Christmas is coming. It'll, and people will buy stuff. They just will. And you know, they, will they buy as much as they bought the previous years? People, I don't know. Pe- people have chosen to not go back to their jobs, which also and, I don't understand. And a lot of people question what that's. And so many theories about why that is. Some people say overzealous government uh, benefits. Others say that you know they have spent enough time with their family now, where they realize what's important to them, and their values have have shifted to the things that they believe are important. And there's as many theories as there are people. I'm not going to try and say that there's one overarching theory that works. But one thing I'm sure of is that our behaviors have been dramatically shifted and altered in the last 19 months. Some have accelerated, some have regressed. We are doing things differently. And I don't think we can make a comparison to last year, 8.9 billion versus 9 billion, stop it. It's like, I don't, I don't know that that means a thing. It, it, first of all, it could be a calculation error. I mean, it's technically not inside the, the margin of error, but it, it's small enough where it doesn't matter. What does matter is, armchair research for yourself. You look around, you look at your family, you look at your friends, you look at your own circle, look at your social circles and see how different people are behaving now, how different people are acting, how different they're doing work, how different they're doing life, how different their, their side hustles are. Yep. Everybody's got a side hustle. I'll tell you what was interesting this week. I wrote an article about it called uh, web three and the Turkey trot, uh, which is at shellypalmer.com. There's a thing called the gobble, gobble, wobble. It's a 5k run at Stratton. They do it every year. And we're up at Stratton Mountain, which is where, where, where we have, have a, a home. And they have like little booths, you know, and tables set up around the, the area where the finish line is, where they give away the awards and, you know, where the celebration happens after the 5K. And local artisans and, and local retailers. And then, you know, people with side hustles. So you see arts and crafts and produce and home goods and homemade things like, you know, cakes and pies and stuff. Basically, uh, the best bake sale you've ever seen for a school only it's not you know because people went to etsy and got logos and got packaging and did all kinds of really great stuff so what i noticed was that every single table and every single booth was taking credit cards either with a square dongle or a stripe dongle or a paypal dongle everybody had some kind of website that they were displaying so that you could reorder Mm-hmm. everybody has and so there was e-commerce uh web-based e-commerce happening as well as payment processing they that allowed them to do data collection crm i mean these are side hustles seth this is somebody who's who's making christmas wreaths in their in their kitchen mm-hmm. and they had a beautiful booth filled with with wreaths of all kinds and they'd make them custom there was another booth with jams and jellies and all kinds of craziness. Of course, it's Vermont. So there were people with maple syrup, like you name it. But it was you were at an elect you, you were you were at a retail environment that had all the convenience 
all the convenience of going to any store anywhere. Payment processing was huge and, and the ability to have a, an e-commerce site, huge, and it cost them all nothing. Right. And you go to Wix or Squarespace, you're, you got a website, you're a little more sophisticated, you go to Shopify. Yep. Any one of the, you know, QuickBooks will like, if you're willing to pay 2.75% as a fee to the payment processor, any, anyone will give you the ability to take a credit card on site secure in a secure way where you don't store the credit card. So you don't have any of the liability. They'll handle the customer service, which is why it's a little expensive. This is a different world. We'll go right. I mean, you think about the side hustles. I asked one of my friends who had a booth there, what, what they thought they'd clear. What was it worth the day sitting there? And with a straight face, he told me he was planning to make somewhere between 500 and $800 for sitting there today. And total cost of goods sold on that was going to be about a hundred bucks. And he does the work with his wife and kids as a rec family recreation and family time during COVID. They really got to bond over this crafts they were doing. And I was like, wow, that has a lot of benefits on a lot of different levels, right? There's family benefits, the kids benefits, mom and dad, and the kids spend time together. There's a family enterprise. He's got a full-time job. And I said to him, is the money meaningful? And he said, you know, if I handed you an extra $500 a week, how'd you feel about it after cost of goods? I'm like, okay, point taken, point taken. So things have changed. It's, 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 a, it's a bigger picture, but what I think it is, is commerce is alive and well. Oh, yeah. Um, according to job statistics, people are making more money. Uh, the job market continues to improve. It's just everything costs more and it's noticeable. And so from gasoline to, to uh, milk to, to food, it, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit bonkers. And supply chain, you made a great point on that. You combo that with the changes and there has to be some kind of seismic shift. How big it is? Well, let's talk again in three years. I think that's right. I, I don't think we can use this moment as an indicator of anything other than this moment. The trends are clear though, right? We've got, we're on the brink of quantum computing, changing the way we do banking and everything. We're on the brink of web three and cryptocurrency changing the way we use money. Web three will also have a big impact on the internet itself, how we use the internet. We are, uh, we're having a governmental war against big tech, which is really interesting. And we have a, a, a a pending government war against crypto and things decentralized finance. So we've got a really interesting uh, way that the country's divided politically right now. A lot of people say it's the worst in history. I, I, I think you haven't studied history. If you think this is the worst in history uh, during the war between the states or the civil war, people picked up right. weapons and started to kill each other over their ideological beliefs and the, their economic beliefs. So we're not there, but things are tough right now. They really are. And the, pandemic isn't helping anybody. So we have to get past the pandemic or at least understand what the endemic is going to be. If this is going to be with us for all time, then what's that going to look like? And what are we going to do about it? Uh, you're right. I think we are a year to two away from being able to meaningfully understand the future by looking at the present. Right now, I'm just happy to be able to make some predictions about what's going to happen at the end of the week. Uh, and for someone who likes the scenario plan, and that's kind of what my company does for a living, help our clients, you know, do strategy and scenario plan, you know, awful lot of unknown unknowns, more than usual, to tell you the truth. Well, to get the last word in on this uh, really fun podcast, all I can say is if they say Cyber Monday is the only day you can get something, try it in two weeks. I guarantee you the rates will still be there. I think not those, giving yeah. up on your sale. No, I think those deals are going to be 
through Christmas at this point. I don't feel the right. urgency. You want to buy something on December 23rd? It might not come in time, but you'll get it. You'll get it dirt yeah. cheap. You know what else? December 28th, there'll be great deals. It's not ending. They constantly want your business and they want you logged on at all times. Trust me, folks. Cyber Monday is really like a month. I couldn't have said it better. That'll do it for TechStream. Again, uh, we continue to come at discounted prices. You don't have to pay a penny just to listen to this podcast. You do have to leave a rating and a review because that's the fee that we'll charge. We'll see you next week.